You have reached Road Talk, Navigating Your Journey, a ministry and podcast of the Discover Young Adults Ministry at the Preston Crest Church of Christ in Dallas, Texas. We meet at 945 on Sunday mornings, and we have small groups all throughout the week. We are located at Preston Road and Highway 635 in North Dallas. My name is Jacob Hawk. I'm the Young Adults Minister and the host of this podcast. It doesn't matter if you are single, dating, if you want to be dating, if you're married, if you want to be married, or if you're divorced, or if you're trying to figure out at what stage of life you are passing through. At the Discover Young Adults Ministry, we want to help you discover life, discover love, and discover the Lord. If I can help you or serve you in any way, or if I can pray for you, please email me at jacob at pressandcrest.org. Well, I want to welcome you back today to Road Talk, Navigating Your Journey. I am glad that you are joining us again as we are in this new series that I have entitled Bumper Sticker Theology. We hear many statements tossed around in religious conversations that simply aren't true. They're cool, they're hip, they make great bumper stickers or t-shirts or coffee mugs. They look good above our dinner tables or coffee tables, but they contradict what the Bible says. They don't jive with biblical teachings, and people believe these things hook, line, and sinker, and they never step back to wonder, is this actually right? Last week in episode 50, the first lesson in this series, we looked at the phrase, just follow your heart, and how incredibly dangerous that is. In fact, I was playing golf with a friend of mine a few weeks ago, and we were talking about some issues in his life, and he said, well, he said, things are in a mess right now, but I know the Bible tells me just to follow my heart, and things will work out okay. And I asked him, I said, where does uh, where does the Bible say that? He said, oh, it's in there somewhere. And I said, well, if you show me where it is, you know, I'll give you $100. It's not in there. He said, really? I said, yeah, really. Now, we think it's in there because it sounds like it would be in there, but it's just not. As we talked about last week in episode 50, if you follow your heart, you're going to get into a lot of trouble because sometimes the heart plays games. The heart can be very fickle. Well, in the second episode of this series, episode 51 of the podcast, we're going to look at another one of those statements that sounds like it should be in the Bible, but it's really not. And that is the statement that God helps those who help themselves. God helps those who help themselves. Have you ever heard that before? It's not true. And it's certainly not in the Bible. It's kind of like that old phrase, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. My wonderful English teacher in eighth grade, Miss Houston, who just happens to be a member at Preston Crest, she would say that to us every day. Miss Houston was a great teacher. She was a hard teacher. She would assign us work. She would make us do projects. We would complain, and she would say, oh, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. Now, as an eighth grader, particularly living in the city my entire life, 
I always wondered, what does that mean? <laughs> Nobody at North Junior High in Richardson, Texas had on a pair of boots. But then later on in life, when I realized what it meant, I also realized, Miss Houston, that's not even possible. You can't pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. But I understand what she was saying, and it's a good way to live your life. When things get tough, you get tougher. We hear similar sentiments in politics. If people would just help themselves by getting an education, then they could get a better job. And if they got a better job, then they would be in such a financial crisis. But again, life doesn't always work out that way. Sometimes people do get an education and they do get great jobs, but by no fault of their own, they lose those jobs. They're laid off. Tough times come and they find themselves in trouble. And even when it comes to faith, many Christians believe they can work themselves into better spiritual health. But Paul reminds us in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, that's not really how it works. Because we are saved by grace through faith, and this is not of ourselves. It is the gift of God. If God really does help those who help themselves, then why are there so many wealthy, healthy people falling away from the church? Well, the answer is because it doesn't really work that way. God doesn't help those who help themselves. Here's what the Bible teaches, though it never says this word for word. God helps those who help others. God doesn't help those who help themselves. God helps those who help others. And for just a few minutes in this episode, we're going to look at a few scriptures that prove why that's true. We can go all the way back to the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 12, verse 2, and see this idea take form when God speaks to Abram and God says, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. Abraham is first introduced to the biblical scene in Genesis 12, and he receives this sevenfold blessing from God that included land, protection, and fame. But why does God tell Abraham or soon-to-be Abraham, in this moment Abram, why does God tell Abram that he's going to be blessed? It's so Abram would be a blessing. God says, I am blessing you, and all people will be blessed through you. Abram wasn't chosen for the high ranks for his own benefit, but for the benefit of mankind. Through Abram, and eventually Abraham, Israel received the promises of God. And through Abraham today, as children of God, followers of Jesus, we still receive the promises of God. Now, did Abram do something really special to be chosen for this position? Did God help Abram because Abram helped himself? No, Abram grew up in a pagan household. Probably didn't even know Yahweh until God called him in Genesis 12. God doesn't reward Abram because of what Abram did. He rewards Abram so Abram could bless all people. And throughout his long life, when Abraham focused on himself more than other people, disaster happened every time. 
like lying about who his wife actually was, or attacking other countries without God's approval, these proved to be devastating choices. Then we can fast forward over to the New Testament, Luke chapter 6, verse 38, and Jesus says, Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. The most important word in the Christian dictionary is the word give. Well, I don't know if it's the most important word. It's one of the two most important words next to the word love. But when you talk about love and when you talk about give or giving, that's what the Christian faith is all about. God gave us his very best. We are to give him ours. We are to give to his people. Even Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Acts chapter 20, verse 35. Now, it is true that one could correctly argue that built into this verse is the idea that the more we give, the more we gain. That God helps those who help others, because when we give a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, according to Jesus, it will be poured into our laps. Now, that is not the motivation for our giving. We don't give more so we can get more, but according to Jesus, that's, that's what happens. I love the story about a church who was asking its members to give more money because they were having a hard time meeting their budget. And a millionaire stood up in the back of the auditorium and said, well, let me tell you a story about when I was a young man. I was very poor. I only had one dollar in my pocket, but I gave everything that I had to the Lord. And just look at what happened in my life. I've become a millionaire because I gave everything I had. An older woman stood up and said, Well, I challenge you, sir. Do it again. (laughs) Why don't you do it again and see what happens this time? It is true when our contribution goes up, our effectiveness as a church often increases as well. Other passages agree that we reap what we sow. If we want to get more in life, we have to give more to God and His people. In the words of that older woman, I dare you, I challenge you to do it, because I think you're going to like what happens. It's not just that way with money, it's that way with forgiveness. You remember what Jesus said in Matthew 6, 14 through 15? Some pretty scary words. He says, if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. It's one of the most terrifying verses in the Bible. If we don't forgive other people, God won't forgive us. Because God helps those who help others. When we forgive those who wrong us, God forgives us when we wrong Him. But it can't happen until we do it first. Or think about Philippians chapter 2, verse 4. Paul says, Each of you should look not only to your own interest, but also to the interest of others. Our world today suffers from eye disease. It's all about what I have, what I think, what I want, what I can do, what I can offer. 
To be fair, we should look out for our own interests by being good stewards. We don't want to be irresponsible and then become a burden, but we can't just look at our own interests. We also have to look out for the interests of others. Giving up what we want so we can live in peace, making a sacrifice so others can have more. God helps those who help others. And that next verse in Philippians 2 brings everything into reality when Paul writes, Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. And what was Jesus' attitude? Well, Jesus told us. I did not come to be served, but to serve. And maybe the passage that just shakes us by the shoulders and wakes us up the most is in Matthew 25, 34 through 40. Jesus is illustrating the judgment scene when he will separate the righteous and the unrighteous. And the story is the metaphor of the sheep and the goats. And he says to the righteous, the sheep, come take your inheritance. I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was naked. You clothed me. I was lonely. You visited me. The righteous are confused. They don't know when they did all of those things. And so Jesus provided the life-changing verdict. I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. And the things that the righteous did were the everyday things. They weren't big, life-changing gifts or donations. It was just simple, everyday acts of service. But those things mattered just as much as anything else. And for the unrighteous, those who failed to do those things, who failed to give clothing and shelter and food and drink, according to the story, The fiery gates of hell is what awaited them. And why? For the same reason, God helps those who help others. Not those who help themselves, but those who help others. To them, he says, come and take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you. Now, many Christians will often say, I don't really see God's blessing in my life. I just feel all alone. And at times, that's valid. We all feel down on occasion. But have you ever noticed the people who say that over and over again are usually only focused on themselves, their image, their ideas, their happiness getting their way? That's a common theme. If you want to see God's blessings more in your life, then serve the people in your life more. I'll say that again. If you want to see God's blessings more in your life, then serve the people in your life more. Because when you help others, God helps you. And it doesn't have to be a large act of service. If you have a spacious home, open your home up as much as you can to have someone in your church or in your community over for dinner, to feed them, to fellowship with them, to pray with them. Next Sunday when you go to church, think about 
how you can better serve a ministry, how you can give just a little bit more than you have in the past. If there's someone in your life you need to forgive, call them up, write them a letter, send them a text message, shock them with the spontaneity and say, I forgive you and I love you. Whatever you do this week, don't look out for your own interest, but look to the interest of others. At the traffic light, (laughs) let that other car turn first, which I know how hard that is in the Dallas-Fort Worth traffic. At a restaurant, tip your waiter just a little bit more than usual. In fact, tell them thank you for actually showing up and coming to work. In a drive-thru, Think about paying for the meal for that person in the car behind you, a person you may never meet. If you're at the grocery store, ask the lady at the checkout how she's doing, and when she says, I'm fine, stop and say, no, really. I mean, how are you doing? Now, it will freak her out. It really will, but I guarantee you one thing. She'll never forget it. And you won't either. And once you do these things, just wait to see how God blesses your life. Now, I don't want this episode to come to a close without being fair and honest that there is one time when God does help those who help themselves. And that's when they decide that they're going to obey the gospel's call when they are going to die to their life of sin and come into a covenant relationship with Jesus. It's when they heed the words of what Ananias told Paul long ago in Acts chapter 22, verse 16. Arise and be baptized, washing away your sins, calling on his name. If you have not made that decision in your life, I plead with you to do so. And if you ever want to talk about that decision more, please email me at jacob at pressandcrest.org. God does not help those who help themselves. God helps those who help others. As always, I encourage you to keep your eyes on heaven. And I look forward to talking to you next time for our next episode in Bumper Sticker Theology. Theology.